Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Icarus Boreality with Shane Jones. What is up, Inquirers, and welcome to another chronicle of the strange world we all reside in. Just how strange, you ask? That's a hard question, considering it gets more and more out there with every minute of every day. The undeniable agenda that's being pushed on us and our families is becoming unignorable to even the average citizen. It's time we have a discussion talking about the absurdity of it all. And who better to have on to talk about it than one of my personal favorite podcasters on the front lines of the alternative media community. But... Before we get into all that, of course, if you guys don't mind taking an extra five seconds to leave a rating for the show on Spotify, I would definitely appreciate it. Or if you're so inclined as to take an extra 30 seconds to leave a review for the show on iTunes, then of course I will read it on the show and give you guys a shout out. Uh, If you guys aren't already following the show on social media, I highly recommend that you do if you want to get updates on anything going on with the show, be it events going on, um, episodes being dropped, uh, or anything else that I deem as post-worthy, of course. Anything I think you guys might find interesting. And while you're checking out social media, don't forget to pop into the Telegram or the Discord if you guys want to have some awesome conversations with some awesome people. Uh, Building up both currently, uh, more so the Discord than the Telegram, just because it's a little bit easier to use, a little bit more user-friendly as far as having the different categories for different conversations, different channels, all that fun stuff. But uh, that sounds like something that might interest you. Go and check out the link tree. And of course, you'll find the link to get into the Discord and the Telegram off of the link tree. And if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, experiencer, contactee, whistleblower, open-minded individual, philosopher, any of that, this goes on and on. If you're an open-minded individual, I want to sit down. I want to have a conversation with you. So don't hesitate to shoot me a message. Uh, you guys can do so through Instagram, of course, which is the one that I'm the most active on. Or you guys can email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. Or you can go to the link tree, fill the submission form up at the top, and that will go directly to my email, of course. Uh, make sure you keep an eye on your spam and junk folder. Make sure nothing gets missed because I do respond to every single email that you guys take the time to send me. And if you guys are interested in more of the stuff that I do, you guys can go and check out Bizarre Encounters, which is my other show that I do with my two awesome co-hosts, Oren and Jenny. Uh, Always killing it over there, getting into some deep dives on some Bizarre Encounters, just as the name says. Also interviewing some people on their Bizarre Encounters, of course. Uh, If you guys want to keep tabs on everything that I do, be it this show and Bizarre Encounters, you guys can go and check out Open Minds Media, which is my 
podcasting umbrella, I guess you could say, for everything that I do. Uh, so if you guys at least want to get updates on new episodes coming out for both shows, go and follow Open Minds Media on Instagram. Uh, that's kind of what I use that page for. It's just kind of my one-stop shop for anything new going on pertaining to just the shows individually, of course. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways you can do so. Number one, of course, is to become a Patreon subscriber. Uh, there's multiple Patreon tiers, so figure out which one suits you the best. But uh, some of the perks you'll get, of course, with those are ad-free episodes, uh, lives of episodes, live replays of episodes, which is the raw video if anybody's interested in that or not able to make it to the lives, of course. Uh, there's exclusive merch store discounts. Uh, there's ex- exclusive monthly hangouts. Uh, there's going to be some exclusive giveaways going on in the future and that's always expanding. So, uh, if you guys have any other suggestions you guys would like to see as far as the Patreon goes, don't hesitate to shoot me a message because I would love to hear you guys input on that to keep helping the Patreon grow, of course. And uh, if you guys want to donate to the show directly, there's a couple different ways to do so. You guys can do so through Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show, of course. If you guys want to donate that way, go all the way down to the bottom of the show description. You'll see something along the lines of donate on Red Circle. Uh, If you guys donate through any of the different means of donating, and it doesn't give you the option to send some type of personalized message, uh, send me a message on Instagram or something, because if anybody donates to the show, I would love to give you a shout out on the show and give you credit where credit's due, of course, because the only way that I'd be able to continue doing this is uh, with your guys' love and support, because uh, you know paying for all the programs, paying for the boards, doing all this kind of stuff ain't necessarily cheap. Uh, I don't need to be a rich man, of course, but... Uh, you know, as long as I can pay for all of my equipment and continue doing the show for you guys, like I said, any support, always appreciated. And uh, the third way, of course, you guys can support the show is through the Open Minds Media merch store. Uh, there, you won't just find designs for Increase of Our Reality, but all of the different shows that I do and any other new designs I decide to add in the future. Uh, I am working on some new designs for both of the shows that have some of our cool catchphrases that we use on the shows, but I think you guys will definitely dig that. And when that gets posted up on there, of course, it'll probably get dropped on social media. So keep your eyes out over there if that sounds like something that you might be interested in. And uh, anybody, of course, that buys any of the Open Minds Media merchandise, if you guys don't mind sending me a picture of you guys wearing it, I would love to repost it on the pages and show that there's love and support out there for the show in the world. And uh, while we're talking about love and support... I highly recommend going and checking out Crypto Theology. Joe's always killing it over there with his many designs, always adding some new stuff. And if anybody is a frequent convention goer, I'm sure you'll probably see him at a lot of the different crypto conventions. He's always got a booth set up. That dude's always traveling, always got some cool stuff going on. So go and show us some love and support for one of my personal favorite cryptid merchandise designers. Because I don't know how else to word that. I just, I dig, I dig all of the really cool art that he does. And, uh, I'm going to talk about it on almost every single show because I dig it that much and half of my wardrobe is crypto theology. So fuck it. Give credit where credit's due, of course. And uh, everything that I mentioned, of course, all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, for the third time, the one, the only, Charlie Robinson. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, it's good to be back. Always Always a pleasure to have you on, man, because we get into the most crazy conversations. (laughs) It's my pleasure, too. I get to to talk about all the stuff that you're... You kind of want to talk about, but it's like, well, I don't know if I'll scare people away if if I talk about this stuff, but it's like with you, I'm like, let's talk about it. 
let's get into it. That's exactly what it is, man. We got to not just come at stuff because that's at least what I do as far as like my show goes is, you know, there's a lot of these podcasts out here that'll rant about the woke stuff, but they won't have any type of backing behind it. As far as I go, man, like if you're trying to change people's opinions on things and you're trying to actually make a point, you got to have the facts, you got to have the basis behind it. You got to have the science behind it. And that's one of the top things you do on your show, man, is you always bring every single piece of information to back up anything you say. And of course, that's why if we're going to talk about geopolitics, we're going to talk about conspiracies, we're going to talk about the woke agenda. No better person to have on than the Charlie Robinson. Well, thank you. I mean, the, my feeling is this, that this is my sort of strategy with regard to, to all this stuff. We've got the facts on our side and they have feelings on their side. <laughs> and so I, I, you know, look, if you feel some way about something that then it's real to you, you know, and the, the hardcore left feels a certain way. And we look at the facts and to us, we, we just say, listen, you know, like this ideology that you're pushing is crazy. This idea that you want to have like kids transitioning at 11 years old is insane. Here are the statistics showing how unhappy all these people are. I don't give a shit what you, how you feel about this. These are the numbers. You've got 70% of these people contemplating killing themselves. You know, so I tried to like gather as many numbers and statistics as I can to back up my argument because the last thing I want to do is get into some sort of like debate or position where I don't have my facts together. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's important to, to bring the facts if you've got them. And we've got them, so it's important for us to, to 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 discuss that and lay it out in like a logical way. But the the other side, where they lack in facts, they just overcompensate by saying it's just the way they feel. And it's like, well, how do you argue against that? You know, because it's like, well, like no offense, but nobody cares how you feel. It's you feel like you're helping kids. Okay. You feel like you're helping kids. Duly noted. Here's reality. Reality is that these people are very unhappy that are transitioning and you are t telling them that they're stunning and brave. And then what they're finding out afterwards is that this is a lifetime of agony and a, a never ending medical commitment, both physically, financially, and mentally, and that it changes you permanently forever and you don't know exactly how you're going to be on the other side like so like we're in this like really kind of weird culture war i guess i don't know probably no better way to word it other than culture war to be honest with you yeah i mean i be, i guess the reason why i can i can live with the term culture war is because i view these people as the enemy you it's know, fucked up I, as it no sounds too. Like I'm no longer like ambivalent about it. When I see them going after kids, they're now the enemy. Mm -hmm. they, if they were doing it themselves and they were, they were, it was all about like, you know, self-exploration in my twenties. I decided I was transgendered and shaved my head and changed whatever. Be like, good luck to you. I mean, it's none of my business, right? I, I don't really have any feelings one way or the other. I guess I hope it works out for you and I hope you're happy, but like, I don't really care. But when you start talking about the kids, 
And this is where we've been over the last month or so with the target stuff where they're like those those people on the right wing those conservatives out there they're just against lgbt people and it's like no no there was never about that it was when you started selling tuck pants for five-year-old boys that's when they got angry do you not understand this it's a transition into pedophilia this might anger some people it's transitioning into pedophilia because now the whole map yes. culture is being part of that. So, of course, it's just like most things, man. You can't just have an instant overnight transition. You have to transition it slowly. So if you're going to incorporate kids into all of that weirdness as far as like sexually being attracted to kids, you got to start off with telling the kids that, oh, you might feel this way. Oh, you might feel that way. Oh, you want to be part of this community? Well, here's this for you. Here's that for you. But again, it's 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 leading up, man. Like I can see all the pieces falling into play and I know exactly where they're going to end up landing and I know where it's going to go and it's right in front of everybody's face and it's still one of those things that everybody's going to keep ignoring until you can't ignore it anymore it's it's there <laughs> if you want further confirmation that your theory is correct i would point people to tom delay former house majority leader who went on c-span in 2016 and said that he had sat through meetings where they were talking about normalizing 12 perversions, including pedophilia and bestiality. Okay, he said he sat in those meetings. And I mean, you see that too, even the bestiality part, if you take into consideration the furries, you got to look at everything as a transition, that it's not going to be an instant thing. You got the furries getting coordinated into all the sexual stuff. What's the next step after that? They're going to start saying it's okay if you have sex with certain animals. (laughs) You, you 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 think you sound insane for saying that, and of course it does sound insane. But you watch. Mm-hmm. It, you, you think you'll never get there. I mean, we'll never get there, obviously. But in the audience isn't going to uh, obviously going to get there. But the 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 David Ike totalitarian tiptoe, right? You just make these incremental moves. Next thing you know, it's like you you're normalizing insanity. And 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 it and it crept up on you slowly. It's like, oh, it's just furries, I and mean, it's just these fucking lunatic pedophiles in in you know mascot outfits, you know, doing God knows what in the Hilton somewhere. Yeah, and then it's furries get a part on the flag, you know, they get a, a paw print or something on the flag. It could be something even as simple too as, you know, somebody says that they're a wolf. That's what they, that's what they identify as. So now it's okay if they have intercourse with a wolf or attempt to have intercourse with a wolf or a dog, because that's what they identify as. And so does that other thing. Like you got to look at the pieces as they coordinate. I don't think it's necessarily going to be like the furries directly, but it's going to be the people that are using the pronouns of animals. They're going to be the first ones trying to make that jump. It it makes sense. I mean... I mean, none of this makes sense, of course. <laughs> but, 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 but it Not makes, to the logical it makes mind. Sense. It makes sense in the context of of kind of what we're what we're talking about here. I mean, th- this this desire to destroy children at a young age is really unusual. It's a, it's obviously diabolical, but one of the the sort of added benefits to the state is that if you sexualize children at a young age, you tend to detach them from their parents and it 
and they look for attachment elsewhere, and it typically winds up in the form of the state. And so when you're an out-of-control American empire that's about to collapse on itself under the weight of its own stupidity and money printing, and you start panicking and doing all of these things, this is, this is kind of where you wind up. You wind up in these these weird places where you're trying to control that you're trying to you know you're trying to break kids' minds and get them loyal to you in the state, get them disloyal to their parents. This is the whole sort of theme of this cultural Marxism that's going on, and it's it's really strongly tied to one political party being the the Democratic Party. And this weird ideology, and you start to hear this talking on MSNBC when Joy Reid says things like, you know, we've got to get rid of this notion that children belong to their parents. No, they belong to the all of us. And you go, what? what that's what commies say. Mm-hmm. I, w- my children don't belong to you. You get your fucking hands off of my children. And so th- this, but this mentality, you see, it's just incremental. It's like, is that? necessarily the most horrible thing you've ever heard on television no but it's like it just it's just a little bit it's just a little bit more a little bit more and a little bit more and it's like next thing you know everybody's transphobic if they don't want a six foot seven transvestite dancing for their five-year-old with rubber dildos all over themselves you know what i mean how dare you you're such a bigot you know and so you're like wait Whoa! Uh, again, back to back to to Ike for a second because he's, <laughs> he said something that. Uh, uh, how can you tell when it's the agenda, when it's nowhere, and then it's everywhere? Mm-hmm. And 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 I and and I would suggest that there's no sort of theme out there right now that is more everywhere than the trans agenda. And and on top of that, even though they proclaim to be so persecuted, I would suggest that they're the most protected class in America right the, now. The only reason they're being persecuted is because of their actions and the things that they're doing. And I mean, as far as like helping the kids, going in front of them and showing that you could be this, you could be happy, you could be that. I've said it a few times that if you go into a class full of kids and you're dressed up as a superhero and you're reading comic books and then at the end of it you say does everybody want to be a superhero every one of those kids is going to want to be a superhero same concept you put almost anything in front of those kids a zookeeper a trans person reading a book at the end of it if they say hey kids do you want to be just like me all those kids are going to say i want to be just like you because that's how easy they can be manipulated and if you show them that something is fun every kid's going to hop onto it because every kid wants to have fun why aren't they doing tranny story time at the old folks homes yeah, we should start a petition for that. What's going on with that? The, the old people I mean, need their story so time. Reading. If if it's truly not about the kids, why don't you go do it at the old folks' home? Yeah, spread awareness because right that as far as they're concerned, that's probably the demographic that's the most against them, right? So they got to spread sure. their word that way. Absolutely, <clears throat> and, and isn't it weird? They said, "Oh, the uh, the the furry convention." Shut, in Florida, shut down after they after DeSantis said that no children would be allowed there, and it's like, why'd you shut it down? You shut down a sex festival because no children were allowed. Do you, do you right. look at how you they're word like, that? Well, <laughs> they're like, well, we can't have it now. It's like, well, wait a second. I thought you said this was all like consenting adults. You're like, 
fuck it, pack it up. We can't, we can't make any money. Nobody will show up now if we can't, if, if the children can't come. It was like, oh my God, it was so wild. But this is, this is happening. It feels like it's, it's part of like a softening up of, of America from the inside culturally, you know, just, just getting us to start to like allow our, allow ourselves to cross lines that we would have never crossed before. They want to sort of normalize in, insanity. And, and, and it's like, so there's so many weak people out there and you just fear that like with the right ad campaign and it being talked about 24 seven for nine months on MSNBC and CNN, like you could almost normalize anything. I mean, you've, they've already normalized masks as far as I'm concerned. It's how many years later and you still see, I still see a pretty good amount of people wearing masks. Like I live in Michigan, at least a quarter of the people I see in a grocery store are still wearing masks and they're not like elderly people or people look like they have health conditions that make sense. They're a good amount of people that are probably in their early twenties that are still manipulated by all of that. And not to mention just all of the weird manipulation as far as like you walk into the store and ironically, all of the pride stuff is Disney at Myers. That's one thing that I thought was kind of weird. Like why? And ironically, kind of just proving my point, I'm walking up with my daughter and she sees a rainbow stitch because she loves Lilo and Stitch. So of course, all of these kids are going to be drawn to all this Disney stuff, not paying attention to what it truly means. So again, hmm, weird. Why is all of the pride stuff in the front of Myers all Disney? Just got to throw that one in know there. know who their market is, pedophiles <laughs> and kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just, a sh- it's a shame, I think, that when we get into really taking a look at society, this stuff becomes sort of undeniable and sadly everywhere, that, that this sort of weird normalization is, is happening. It's not, you know, it used to be that you could just go, oh, you're, you're exaggerating. You know, you're, oh, you're just, oh, maybe that guy's a little, a little bit homophobic or something, whatever, you know. But now it's like you look around and, and, in like my mom said to me, <laughs> this is funny. My mom goes, I'm getting, she goes, I, I'm getting a bit tired of the pride stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah. You see it yeah, this I year. Know, like my mom doesn't care one way or the other. I, and we lived in the gayest, one of the gayest cities in in the country, Palm Springs, California. It's like a third of the population gay. So we grew up totally normalized. wasn't a big deal. was never a big deal. There were gay bars. We knew where they were. It was kind of funny, but it wasn't a big deal. And there certainly wasn't any like hate or anything along. I mean, as a kid, it's just kind of funny. But to 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 hear my mom say that, I was like, I know what you're talking about. I'm I'm just getting a bit annoyed by it. Like, and, and it's like, I get it. You're gay. That's fine. No, I mean, no offense, but who cares? But, but the, the rest of it, it feels like narcissism. Like the trans community feels like a ton of narcissism in there. Like you guys are all targeting us. You know, you're targeting us. You're coming after us. It's like, Whoa, don't flatter yourself, man. Like I never even think about you never even thought about your community until you started talking to kids that that's when you got on everybody's radar. But before that, like, do you really think that we're all plotting to get you? Like, like, like who cares? Why would we, I'm not going to jail for you. Like, 
you know what I mean? Like none of this making any makes any sense. But like what they're what they're pretending like they don't understand is that it, it something changed recently. And it was the infusion of this ideology and agenda into the children's programming that parents started going gay kiss in Toy Story for no good reason. I'm done. There's even the new thing in Transformers, ironically, with, you know, the name being Transformers, where there was the they that got introduced into the show. And then even Blue's Clues with the gay pride whole thing with the, uh, what was it? Um, beavers or something where they even had like the chest surgery done on them where it's like, uh, like, oh, I didn't know that. Come on. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so you go, you go, what the fuck is going on here? You know, like the, you, you, if you take, if you really stop to think, you know, most people, I don't think really stop to think, but if you stop to think, you, you start to look around and you go, this doesn't make sense from a business standpoint to do these things, to sort of overemphasize this very tiny segment of your customer base and like completely focus on them at the exclusion of, of the majority of your customers. This is, this is weird. This is Anheuser-Busch, you know, shitting on their customers and, with a with a, a somebody who's mentally ill in their ad campaign pretending to be a woman who's mocking women and then the executive gets busted on a hot mic talking about how she wants to get rid of the frat boy image because they want to change all of their customer base and you go what the fuck are you doing I mean, to begin with, I didn't even associate them with frat boys. It's like middle America blue collar workers, which is like that's why it was like one of the beers as far as like America goes. Like, of course you're going to piss off that group of people because you're just, you're marketing to just a group of guys that are going and working in factories and then coming home. Like if you're going to try to target that towards somebody, you should have picked like smearing off ice or something like nobody would have cared. <laughs> so I can kind of speak to this cause I did work for a major ad agency for a while and I did work on a brand. We, it, and I've worked on, but my my company was Expedia that I worked on, and I had Expedia over nine eleven. Oh, yikes! <laughs> Talk about not wanting to advertise that. But <laughs> so, um, I I understand the process for getting these things approved and getting the ad copyright or being put on a can. You know, something along these lines. This is not some willy nilly decision. This is an agenda. And so you again, you go, okay, who would authorize this? This is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Why would they do this? If I know it's dumb and I'm not a, I don't have an MBA, um, but if I know it's dumb, then clearly they know it's dumb. Why are they operating against their own self-interest? And then you come to ESG. And you go, and someone says, have you heard of environmental, social, and governance? And you go, what's that? And they go, oh, that's this new metric in which they're judging corporations. It's no longer about profit and loss and shareholder value and, you know, money. Now it's about being a social justice warrior and doing what's right for the world and the environment and the company. And if you do that, you get a really high score. And if you get a high enough score 
you get access to all this money. And you go, well, how much money is it? And they said, well, in this one fund that's uh, out of Scotland, that's connected to the United Nations, they have $150 trillion in that fund. And now that's announced. That's them announcing that that's how much they have. And you go, well, wait a second. So they're going, so they were going to reimagine business and you go, yeah, that's right. So in this new paradigm, it's better for your corporation to shit all over your customers with a trans influencer with mental illness and anorexia and personality disorder. It's better to promote that person and destroy your brand because you get corporate style social credit points going up for that, even if though your revenue goes away. And what they tell you is that it's okay because we're going to do, um, we're gonna, we've got this big pool of money for you. In, in case you need it. And the irony is that if you do things the way they want it, you're going to destroy your customer base and you're going to need it. <laughs> I was going to say, ironically too, like that money is only going to last for so long. So what happens after you've destroyed your company and now you have no customers left? <laughs> right. Well, here's their plan. Here's what their sales pitch is. Their sales pitch is Every corporation that gets on board with us with this ESG score stuff that BlackRock is really driving, everybody that gets on board with us is going to have access to this big pool of money. Anybody else that doesn't, we're never going to get them, we're never going to allow them to get financing ever again, and we're going to cut them out of the marketplace, and we're going to monopolize it. So it'll just be us. We'll just starve them out with all of our money, wait for them to die, and then you will be the only game in town selling hammers like Home Depot or selling whatever, like Target. Uh, you know, you guys will be able to survive. You'll have access to this money. And so it's so it's just... But the problem is that's all well and good in theory. And then you see what happens to Bud Light and you see what happens to Target and you go, okay, they, we've, just, we've just sliced $25 billion of market cap off of two co- corporations in less than uh, three months from just not participating and not buying their products or going to their stores. Like if they have this pool of money that's almost infinite infinite let's make them spend it (laughs) shit man i think that if anything this is like round two of trying to destroy all of the small businesses because they did round one during covid where everybody had to shut their doors so now we're in round two and what they're doing now is they're expecting everybody just to go along with the agenda like they were expecting but everybody's starting to come back so maybe just maybe cross your fingers that people will start going back to the small local businesses and maybe we'll start pushing back the local market and hopefully start pushing away from these big corporations because otherwise, like you're saying, we're just going to keep pushing down the line till we get to a point where you can only buy stuff from them. And then at that point, they can do whatever the hell they want. They can push whatever they want and you have no other choice because you have nowhere else you can get anything from. So this is the World Economic Forum's idea. Is this is to work with the ESG group and have them be the company store the, the, that's like the Rockefellers had back in the, the old time when they would be a mining town 
but it was really the Rockefellers just owned the whole town. And it was like you shopped at the store, but it was the company store, you know, and, and, and imagine this scenario, a scenario in which you're part of the company store, the world economic forums group of corporations that are high on ESG and high on wokeness and low on brains. You've got um, a, a central bank digital currency that you give out for universal basic income, but it only works at the company store. Sounds See like we got to go back to trade and barter. Be. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But you can see how corporations would be incentivized to be a part of the company store because then they would have all that money would just be like, oh my God, I have no competition. I mean, at that point, couldn't they like outlaw anybody else that tried to have like local small businesses and essentially make it so that any store other than these corporate stores that are approved are all just outlawed stores against the law. You can't buy, you can't sell. Only these people can do it. I mean, I could I could imagine them wanting that. Whether or not they could ever pull that off, who knows? But but yeah, I could I could see a scenario in which that would be appealing to them. Is that the, the, it's just them? They're the only game in town. They want to dominate. They want monopolies at the top, and they want socialism at the bottom. And the central bank digital currency allows them access to a form of control that is unimaginable you know, that tyrants would kill for that, that you can turn a person's currency off. You can see where they spend it on everything. You can see where it goes. You can set it to expire. You want it to expire in 90 days and get it, get to spending. That's horrifying. You'll own nothing. (laughs) You'll, you'll never, of course you'll, you'll own nothing. You can't save anything. If you're, if your digital fed coin dollars start evaporating out of your wallet, you've got to spend it, but you can't ever save enough to buy a, an actual car. It'd be like a, in time, nothing. You've ever seen that movie. You'll have your funds that you'll always be adding into, but that thing is always going to be going down. I mean, they could even set it up essentially something like that too, where, you know, you're, you're not worth their value, worth their time after your number reaches a certain low point because you weren't doing enough work to actually be sustaining. And at that point, I'm not saying they're going to like kill you off or anything crazy like that, but maybe, you know, you aren't good enough to live in our society. Now you get to live out in the outskirts now because you're not doing enough work in order to contribute your portion of society. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, so they've just taken this, this social credit score in, in America and made it like top down, starting with the big corporations, starting with the Black Rocks and the asset managers, and then the major big playing corporations of the World Economic Forum. And then they're just mandating it down all the way. Whereas in China, they did it the opposite. They they got the, the citizens on the social credit score and sort of scaled it up from there. So um, I don't like either one of them. Yeah. You know, but, but right now I think at least with regard to the ESG, you're starting to see some pushback, which is good. Vanguard, who's the third largest uh, asset manager in the world uh, with like $10 trillion of assets under management said, we're out of ESG. They actually wound up getting an A rating in the um, uh, in a recent survey that came out ra- rating these agencies on how ESG heavy they were, and Vanguard went the exact opposite direction. They said, "This is crazy. This doesn't make sense. 
we're supposed to maximize shareholder value. And all this does is create these additional hurdles that we're not even really sure why we have to participate with them. And we're just out. So I guess there's some good news there. Yeah. We got some companies starting to do pushback. Honestly, I mean, even with the whole like target thing pushing back, I'm kind of surprised that they actually pulled stuff off the shelves instead of uh, just continuing to fall into with everything. Cause last time I went there um, just out of like curiosity, my girlfriend happened to be driving by and she was going to the store next door. So I just want to peek in the front door and see if they took down all of the woke stuff. Cause I'd been seeing people post on inter- on the internet and they really do. I've, well, at least the one that I saw, it's all the 4th of July stuff. They straight pushed it back, which I mean, I'm, I'm honestly completely shocked. I figured they would have just ran the train all the way down at that point. Because, I mean, in for an inch, in for a mile, you're kind of stuck on both ends now at this point. Either you take all the stuff down and you make the one side of the customer base happy, or you leave all the stuff up and you make the other side happy. But if you kind of falter in the middle, then you have the one side that doesn't want to shop at your store anymore because of what you push. And then the other side doesn't want to shop at your store either because you don't stay in your ground as far as they're concerned for what their fight is. So now you just kind of shot yourself from both different angles. (laughs) This is the funniest part of it is watching them step on these rakes all over the place. You know, it's like they just can't win. And it's like, oh, oh, get them to fight with him about this. You know, get the get the now get the trans community mad at Target because they didn't stand up for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch them. Watch. They're going to turn on them. down. And Target's just like, ah, we don't know. We can't make anybody happy. It's like, yeah, because you're you're being stupid. You're selling tuck pants to five year old boys. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Mm-hmm. And and you and you think that you're like surprised that the the general public has a problem with this? What kind of response? Were you, how how many did you order? I mean, not to even mention the fact that you you go into that store and not one ad has just like a typical standard family. Like they purposely, even beyond all the woke stuff they've been doing this month, like the whole store itself has not like one depiction of just like a normal standard family. And it. it's all just purposely trying to do show every possible other scenario that there is other than a standard. Typical they have family. fat mannequins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they have fat mannequins. I mean, I guess points for honesty, truth and advertising, I guess. I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> and then that's right next to the anorexic one. And then that's all behind a picture of, the most mixed family you could possibly imagine. And just totally going about in a wheelchair. (laughs) But I mean, even going back on that, man, I mean, of course you have to push this whole message to the next generation because you know, if you're, if you're trans, if you're any of this, you can't repopulate. So, you know, who are you going to project your message on? You don't have your own kids to do it. So you got to do it to other people's kids. It just logically makes sense. Right. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's the, they're a, as as uh, Carlin called it an, an evolutionary cul-de-sac, the trans community. So yeah, they need if they're going to uh, expand their game, they need to recruit. And and right now, we're in a situation where so these kids, be, because of a variety of things, including devices and 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 horrible food. These kids are just scatterbrained and they're starting to get bombarded with messages earlier and earlier. And it's, um, it just feels really disgusting and coordinated and 
and like honestly like a line in the sand it's like it feels like they want to make us fight I mean, that's, that's the truth of it. They're trying to split the generations as much as possible. And just to get into a whole spat about this whole screen thing. And as far as like the separation of the next generation. So I, I personally homeschool my daughter and I mean, I do like some online school stuff, but it's like, they give you a curriculum and just kind of work around it. So then I can kind of get, put my own two cents into it, but I'm always getting shit from everybody else in the family about how she's not in regular school, not in regular school, but all of her cousins are all in regular school. And I never see them, one, ever put these screens down. They don't know how to interact with each other. They don't know how to talk with each other. And they all get kind of pushed into whatever the new popular thing is. So, like, of course, the boy is super duper into only playing Fortnite. That's all he does, does nothing else but. And then one of the other girls that's in there, she thinks she's a vegan now, a vegetarian, because she was seeing stuff on the Internet. And I'm always getting shit because they say, like, oh, you know, your kid isn't learning how to be social. She's not learning how to do this. She's not learning how to do that. But it's like, all right, well, I put my kid in front of the in this room with all these kids and my kid's the only one that's not on a screen that actually knows how to talk to people. And two, she's the only one that's also not trying to jump onto the new, like, Oh, is this me? Is this me? Is this me? The new thing that they find on the internet. She actually has the opportunity to actually fall into herself and figure out who she wants to be versus following the crowd and fitting in with everybody. Cause the whole push about being in regular school, uh, your kid's not going to be social. Your kid's not going to do this. I mean, I, I see between the lines. All I'm seeing is, so your kid, my kid isn't learning how to follow the herd and you guys see that as a problem. Yeah, there is, there is a feeling with a lot of people. They don't, they, they see that as showing them up a little bit like, Oh, you think you're so special, you know? And it's like, well, look, I mean, credit to you, man. That's, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's like, it's like a, a very loud statement of, we do not trust what you're telling us. We don't trust it. I mean, that's the truth of it. People, wait, I'll tell you, there's a, when I was researching my first book, I was listening to a lot of John Taylor Gatto, uh, lectures and he was an educator in new york city he won like teacher of the year like multiple years and he was just such a fascinating guy and i would listen to him talk about education you know and 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 how you get it and 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 then learning about how this compulsory schooling came about from the rockefellers and the carnegies and why they financed it that they set up the classrooms to sort of mimic the factories meaning like straight lines of all the desks and the bell that rings when the class is over just like the bell that rings when the shift is over and and sort of conditioning a generation of kids to be obedient workers you know again with the carlin um and that always kind of jumped out at me it was like oh, it's really undeniable that they are setting up a factory version of education, mass churning out, you know, like scooping big (laughs) blobs of information, you know, like that, that's, and and it's like, if you get that, first of all, David Rodriguez, who runs uh, the Gatto Institute is fantastic. He says, don't call it public schools, call them government schools because it sounds worse. I was like, yeah. So I've always started calling them government schools from that point on. 
Um, but yeah, if you but you you start to think about when you call them government schools, then you go you make that association with government. And you go, well, you know how great they are, mm-hmm. right? They're filled with pedophiles and liars and cheaters and incompetent people, and and so you you understand that 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 there there is an agenda behind this where this ri- this sort of elite aristocracy sort of the wealthy people want very few people educated fully educated but they would but they do want a segment of the a large segment of the population educated but within the parameters that they set up so that you're not really taught how to think you're just really taught what to think and that's kind of the the differences. That's where like homeschooling just removes that. I mean, you even you know, see it in the process that. of just people in work in general nowadays is that I have a bunch of people that will come into my work and, you know, at least for me, I'm one of those people that I want to understand the process of like why we do what we're doing so that I know how to do it properly. I, if there anything pops up, any weird scenarios, like I have a means of figuring it out because I know the basic idea and the function of how it works. But even from the public schooling system, you'll see this. People will come in and they'll learn the process, but they won't learn how it actually functions. So if anything deters from the process, then they're asked out. They have no idea how to deal with it. They can't do anything that has to do with it. And that's the system of how they're setting stuff up in schools. And you see that. That's like the, you know, two plus two equals five thing. Or just like the whole, I've said a million times in the show, that they built the pyramids with with bronze tools. Like when you actually sit back for a second, it makes no sense. But if you're looking at it from a process, it makes sense in the order of that process. But if you remove a piece of that, then it makes no sense. The person's lost. And that's exactly how everybody thinks. And that's how they're programming people to think is not how it works, but learn the process, do the process. And you're, you will be rewarded with the grade that you want, you know, for regurgitating that back. And that is, um, that's very effective at keeping people sort of within an acceptable line of thinking and then you reinforce it with the mainstream media and you reinforce it with, uh, television news and, and, uh, television shows and movies. And you just kind of constantly reinforce this worldview and don't allow them to think outside of that. Like we're always the good guys. We're spreading democracy. We're here to save you, you know? And it's like, Okay, that's you know, and and for a lot of people, very they have a very simple relationship with with their government and with authority. It's oh, okay, okay, yeah, oh, you're you're gonna tell me what to do. Okay, oh, I need to get a fishing license. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Wait, what? They're gonna take rights from you and then rent them back to you? What are you What are you doing? You don't need fishing licenses. Stop that. That's that's slave mentality shit they got to give you some bullshit along the line on why that has to get done it's because we need to limit the number of fish to make sure we don't kill off stuff in the population and this and that and i mean you see the same thing with all the new climate stuff it's they try to give you this fake line of bullshit on why this is what needs to get done but it doesn't really make any sense if you really look at it from the broader standpoint of everything It, it just really doesn't. And, and that's, that's the problem. That's the problem with all of this is that, it, you know, look, if they can keep you distracted enough, then you, you won't go, you know, that COVID seems fishy to me. 
(laughs) If they can keep you like fighting with, with your neighbor about like, I don't know the, the newest thing, you know, whether Trump should be, should have been arrested or shouldn't be arrested or something. Keep you fighting about that instead of like, Hey, you know, all those criminals that ran the COVID operation, they're all still walking the streets. Maybe we should round them up and try them for their crimes against humanity. Like, I don't want you to think about that. What happened to the Pfizer documents? Those got released. Nobody talked about them. They ironically got released around what was the same time as like the Oscars, if I'm not mistaken, last year. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh well, well then that's understandable. <laughs> yeah. What 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 Pfizer documents are you talking about? Where you watch the watch the Oscars and then I, <laughs> if I if I can remember correctly too, that was also sponsored by Pfizer. <laughs> Brought to you by Pfizer. Yeah, 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 for sure. It most definitely was. I mean. The, the old, you know, we live in a cartoon. We certainly do. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Live in a cartoon, as the great Steve Poikinen says. Uh, it, is, it is a wild, wild time to be paying attention to this stuff. I mean, you, in, there's part of me that just has to, um, I just have to. I have to appreciate the audacity of these lunatics to try all this stuff, you know, the lockdowns. And then they, then they tried to bribe everybody by giving them donuts to get a vaccine for their health. They, they said, we'll give them donuts. The whole thing felt like a gigantic, like punked episode, you know, back in the, back in the old days with Aston Kutcher, you know, you just felt like you're like at any moment, they're going to be like, just kidding. Right. (laughs) I thought they were going to say that with the strippers came. and the hamburgers. <laughs> get your get your COVID <laughs> shot, and then you get a stripper like, and a hamburger. <laughs> you can get a hamburger just like this if you get the shot in New York. And you're like, why are you doing this? This is an inappropriate and incompatible response with reality. We're in a pandemic. Everybody's going to die, right? You just got done telling us that everybody's going to die. Why are you trying to bribe people with hamburgers or <laughs> lap dances or laps around Talladega or whatever the fuck you're doing? Why are you doing it this way? You know, and I think that for like for our alternative media community in the audience, we're all, you know, it was like pretty obvious that what was going on. But I think it also woke up a, a large amount of normies that just went this feels really like it feels like a PR campaign, a, a marketing campaign for a a virus, but but the numbers don't really add. It feels like they want it to be bigger than it really is, and I think they started to figure that out too. And then now with all the backtracking that the media's had, well, actually, you know, 
Um, it, it doesn't stop transmission. Well, actually, it doesn't stop. Well, actually, it do, give you know gives you AIDS. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so everything they've been backtracking. I think a lot of people are like, "Are you? Were you guys in the media right about anything, or did you get every single aspect of COVID wrong?" That's almost like impossible to do. That's like flipping a coin and getting it wrong like ten times in a row. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> that's impossible. To, how could you get? the vaccines wrong and the numbers of deaths wrong and the way it's transmitted wrong. And the like you got it all wrong. It's only transmitted in certain scenarios though, because if you get your COVID shot and then a stripper sits on your lap, you won't get transmission. If you're at a restaurant and you're sitting at a table and you're not wearing a mask, you'll be fine. Which also means apparently that, you know, if somebody's a midget, they could probably not wear a mask and they're, you know, a little bit lower than that COVID level. So you should be also be fine in that scenario. And then to even bring another one in, uh, you have the whole thing where, you know, if you're getting together for a Trump rally or anything that was against the left, then you get COVID. Don't do that. Don't go to that place. But if it's a Black Lives Matter or any other type of uh, protest, then that's okay. Nobody's getting COVID there. It's only at specific ones that people are getting COVID. The CDC released a statement saying that they believed that the promotion of social justice was a cause that was more worthy than the social distancing rules. So therefore they supported it. <laughs> That's what the CDC said. So did the CDC also approved the strippers or do they have to be six feet away given a lap dance? They didn't mention the strippers, but they, <laughs> they mentioned that if you were out protesting for BLM, then, then the the six foot social distancing didn't didn't apply to you. COVID can't get you because then it'd be racist. Then, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. Good old yeah. racist but COVID. In, <laughs> you've got so you've got a you've got to stand on the dot that that's six feet away from the person in front of you when you're getting on the airplane so that you can sit four inches apart from them on either side of you, you know? <laughs> so it's like, in, or you, you've got to walk this direction down the aisle at a grocery store and you can't go the other way. And, you know, so it's like you, you watch this play, like we watched this play out and we were just like, how come everybody can't see this? It was really kind of, I was seeing herding cattle. That's what it felt like the whole time. You go into a store and it reminds me a lot of a slaughterhouse. They have this arrow that's pointing on the floor. Everybody's moving in one direction. Nobody's thinking about what's going to happen at the end. For sure. For sure. That's just more proof they see us as cattle. (laughs) You ever see that far side comic where it's like, I think what, you know, it was like, there was like a, a, a divider and it was like, they were going in two different ways, but they were both winding up in the slaughterhouse. All these cows were all in this big line. It didn't matter. You're, you're still going there. That, that I, I, I just, I want, I worry, you know, the, the, the NPC meme, you know, just the concept of an NPC a non-player character, it always sounded, you know, it, it, I understand it from a video game standpoint and it, and it always sounded uh, kind of funny as an insult. You know what I mean? Cause it's just, it's sort of like you're just really dumb and dull and you don't know what's going on. But during COVID 
what we discovered was that th those people are real. And I've seen a like lot of people lot with of broken brains that'll just be standing there yeah. in public. Like <laughs> perfect scenario. You have two arrows pointing at each other. You just have somebody standing there not knowing what to do. <laughs> just straight broken. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was disappointed with how many NPCs really sort of like came out dur during all of that. And it, it's, it's a, uh, it's, you know, it's like a psychological phenomenon where you, you can just, you can, you can Yuri Bezmanov somebody just de just scare them for six weeks straight, expose them to like nonstop fear, as he said, demoralize them. And then you break their brains and then, and then you can never put them back together. I mean, you see that all over the place. Like I was talking about with the good quarter of people that are still wearing these masks. Like it's so far beyond it now. Yeah. And again, like if you were an elderly person, like I, I, I at least can come from a point of understanding your fear. Sure. But if yeah, you're in your early 20s, yeah. like the way your immune system works regardless, like you're better yeah. off just being exposed to things because otherwise you're never going to ever develop any sort of immune system. And I mean, even going into the whole like people that overly use um, hand sanitizer, those are always the people that get yeah. this, get sick the most because you're not ever exposing yourself to different bacteria, different germs. Like you need that. That's how an immune system works. You need exposure. And the more you take everything away, the more easily you're going to get sick. The logic yeah, behind this stuff makes no sense. But people see these sorts of things as religions and they've got rituals surrounding that. And the, the, the pumping of the hand sanitizer and the wiping of the hands, I watched this lady do this on a video where she was, she was a speaker somewhere. She walked up to the podium. She took her mask off very, very carefully, did the flaps, put it there, did double pump, did that, you know, got, got like, and, and it, what occurred to me while I was watching her do this was it was like, these were like religious talismans or artifacts or something like she this was part of a ritual for her what she was doing and and i was like this is like the the religion of covid i mean and even was, another viewpoint on that too kind of reminds me of somebody with like ocd possibly because obviously the whole right, like right, transgenderism right, right, right. thing they're attacking people with, that are slightly autistic so the whole covid thing seems like it was a good attack on a lot of people that have ocd and if you were borderline, it exasperated it because it, this the the mask wearing, the isolation, the change of schedule for you know for a lot of people it was a it was too much, and 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 it and it's it stunted the growth of children. We know that, of course, but it also like retarded the growth of a lot of adults, mm -hmm. and and it put them in a very well, it, it did what Yuri Bezmenov said. He put, it demoralized them. It put them in a, in a state of mind in which I could shower them with positive information and it wouldn't make a difference. That's what he said. And I mean, that's, you lock people in their house and if they not, they're only seeing what the media is, portray, is portraying to them on their TV and they're not actually ever seeing the world, all they can imagine is that the world is like that. So you're just heightening this fear concept or even if somebody only stays in their own town and you make it look like the rest of the world is just the most ridiculous thing possible. Even if you have the most standard, normal, everyday, go to work, whatever life, you're still going to be scared because you think that outside of your little comfort zone is just absolute chaos everywhere. 
And then, I mean, even bouncing back to the kids too, for a lot of the people that don't want to believe that COVID had a huge effect on kids. Um, one of the biggest things is language that if you have something covering up your face and you're talking to a kid, uh, you know, if they're just now learning how to speak English, they're never not seeing a mouth move. They're not learning how to define these certain like they're, they're not learning how to pronounce things properly. And then on top of that, you also have, you know, something that's also covering the mouth. So they're not actually even hearing the words properly. So anybody that was in that age group of learning how to speak during COVID, they're all having issues now with actually being able to comprehend and pick up words and actually repeat words back because the, during their developing stage, they never actually got to see somebody speak and talk properly. It, it's a, it's a real issue. I was just, talking to Billy Ray Valentine. He does a show called America Unplugged. And um, he just graduated from college with a, I don't know what it, exactly what it's defined as, but auditory expert, speech pathology. And, and, and I said, oh my God, I bet you guys are going to be busy with all the COVID kids. And he just, he just said, you have no idea. <laughs> you just have no idea what, what has happened to these kids. And I don't have any idea. I mean, I know that there's a problem, but I don't even really know how to quantify that. You know, like how do you, how do you measure that for a kid going forward? Like that he's just sort of delayed. And what does that do? And, and it's not just one kid. It's a lot of kids. And it, you know, and what what about this climate anxiety that they're just pushing on all these kids to make them so fucking stressed out that they're considering things like um, mutual assistance and dying, you know, uh, the, the Canadian aid program, which is uh, um, their assisted suicide program. You know, you know what I mean? Like they've got people with such anxiety levels that Canada is making it available that they'll, they'll kill you. You just have to give them a good enough reason, which more often than not, it seems to be, if you can't find a proper place to live, they'll boom. There you go. Perfect reason. And, and to put it in perspective, it's not just like a dozen people that took them up on this offer last year in Canada, 10,000 people chose to end their life by having the state murder them. I mean, if this isn't like Orwellian insanity, I don't know what is. Just out of, uh, just from your research, if you know offhand, did you happen to look into like the age group, the average age group, as far as like the, the people that are wanted to get that done? No, but I, but you do have to be a member of the, you, you do, you don't necessarily have to be Canadian. You have to be a member of the Canadian health plan. So you can't, there's no opportunity for medical tourism, suicide, medical suicide tourism, because you have to be sort of on the Canadian plan to be eligible for it. So they were, they were clear about that. But I did not get any sort of uh, numbers in terms of the demographics of the people that were choosing to end their life, except that um, I did see a, 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 like a, I want to call it like a commercial. It was like a, a, a lady 
telling her story about how she was preparing to end her life. And it was her sort of walking on a beach and she's sort of staring off into the sea and, you know, and all these things and the music's playing. And and it was like stunning and brave. You know what I mean? Like trying to make you feel like, Oh, this is such, so aspirational, but it was brought to you by a clothing company, like a, a like a department store in Canada. And I was like, <laughs> You won't need clothes on the what other is, side. What? <laughs> what is this angle we're going for here? You know, like, is this ESG? Maybe. It's pretty environmental to kill people. <laughs> it's not very nice. Hey, you want to look at it from a possible totally different perspective, too. Uh, you have the whole, like, progression with the whole idea of, like, Neuralink and possibly getting people into this digital virtual future. So... You know, if it's a clothing company, maybe their intention is that if they get people into this digital future, they got no overhead anymore because all they got to do is produce digital clothes for people. And then connecting back onto the whole digital idea of everything, you know, you have the people that want to commit suicide because they can't afford to live in this place. They can't do this. They can't do that. Uh, what happens when you give them an option where you say like, oh, you don't have to necessarily kill yourself, but you won't physically be here. We're going to take you and we're going to put you into this digital reality and you're going to be fine over here. And that gets into this whole sci-fi concept on whether or not that's actually that person's consciousness or just a copy. But I mean, that could even extend into what's going on in the United States as far as like all of the trans stuff. And then people uh, getting to a point where they're not comfortable and they wish that they never done it in the first place or wish they could go back. Uh, you can't ever go back. So what's the next best thing? You offer somebody this virtual reality where, you know, you can live in your house all day. You can go and you can work in this place. You can do all of this. You can live your whole life inside of here and nobody will ever know what you actually look like. So if you want to be a girl one day, you can be a girl. You want to be a boy the next day, you can be a boy and it'll be flawless. Nobody will even be able to tell. There's no surgeries involved, nothing. So I... All this stuff, I kind of just weirdly see as this progression into a digital future, even not necessarily like a matrixy future, but even just for like the whole idea of they would rather have people living in small cubicle boxes and have people exist in this virtual reality doing things so that they can do whatever they want in the real in the real world, so to speak, without anybody knowing nonetheless. And any corporation, no more overhead because anything that you're producing that's a product, be it clothes, be it CDs, be it whatever. It's all digital. No physical copies of it would ever exist anymore because you have no reason to have it because you live in this virtual reality in your tiny apartment. Got off on a long tangent there. Sorry, but <laughs> no, it's just, it's, it's hell, you know, it's, it, they want to keep us distracted of course. And so if you can find, if you could plug into this virtual world and be whoever you want to be, um, uh, then of course they're going to sell that. And what better way to, to prep people for that than to tell them that they can be whoever they want to be right now. They can be whatever gender they want to be or, or, or whatever, you know, they could change genders if they feel like it, they can identify as a certain thing, even though they're not that thing, they just have to identify as it, you know, so we're already getting into this weird world where the, World Economic Forum wants the fourth industrial revolution, which is transhumanism. So they want to change you and make you one deviation less human. I wonder why that is. Hmm. I think maybe because they can own you then. I was going to say, it sounds you? a lot like the whole idea that they're doing with food. You tweak it just a, a hair little modified bit. Organisms. You're just a genetically modified person. And now guess what? 
you know, all those rights and laws and the constitution, yet those are for people. And well, you know, you're just, you're a neo human, but you're not a human human. You know, you're, you're something else. And those rights, they don't apply to you anymore. So we own you. So now you're going to stay in your tiny little apartment and just an extra cherry on top though. If you're ever worried about the environment, no worries there anymore. Cause you're not going to be driving a car around. You're not going to be leaving this apartment. So you're going to have no carbon footprint. So you are doing good. You are stunning and brave for this environment. Yes, you are. Thank God. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the pitch. And it's, it, it's, uh, it's just a crazy time to be paying attention to all this stuff, I guess. Talking about it's paying attention too, well, you want to get into the whole uh, the being good to the environment concept that I find absolutely ridiculous with carbon taxes. And uh, coming from somebody, I just want to point this out that I've been thinking this one for a while, and I've heard a few people actually mention it now. I think probably even included on one of your shows too is that I work in a grow, so we pay to have these giant gas cans put outside. They put carbon dioxide in the rooms because the plants grow better. Now, these rooms, um, I, I'm trying to remember parts per million. Uh, they're at about yep. roughly six to 800 parts per million for carbon dioxide being in, in each of these rooms at any given time. And that's way below when the alarms will ever go off. So we're pushing this into these rooms to help these plants grow better. So why are we pretending like in the actual big world that it's damaging plants when realistically, like that's exactly what plants eat. So in turn, if you have more carbon dioxide in the air, the plants are going to get bigger. And in turn, the plants then are going to produce more oxygen because they're now getting bigger and now they're producing more stuff for us. It's this cycle that goes back and forth where the more carbon dioxide, the bigger the plants, the more oxygen. And anybody that works in any type of grow type of job works in anything that involves growing plants, I'll be able to tell you right off the bat, we pay to have carbon dioxide added to the rooms. <laughs> it's a gigantic scam. It's, it's going to make central banking look like peanuts, the carbon tax scam. If we allow it to go forward, if they're allowed to use this, this new invisible enemy that's just right over there, up there. It's, 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 it's everywhere up there. Oh my God. There's so much of it up there. How much? And you're like, Oh, it, there's a lot. Our scientists will tell you how much there is like trust the science. And you're like, Oh, tell us how much like, Oh my God, we're just at the tipping point. Another 12 years. I mean, another 12, I mean, another 12. I mean, it's just, it, it's nonsense. But but the but they're doing what they're doing is they're taking something that isn't real, which is climate change, and then they're and but they're grabbing something that is real in pollution, and they're saying climate change. You know they're saying oh this is all climate change. So it's like when you when you think about like I don't want to pollute the the earth and contribute to climate change. It's like well first of all climate change is fake. Second of all, I don't want to. I don't want to pollute the the earth either. We're not talking. You've got two of them conflated. They're trying to sell you bullshit, which is climate change, and what you're really mad about, and rightly so, is pollution. And that's a totally different conversation. But it's not the same thing. So these guys have talked about this in the Club of Rome's book, "The Limits to Growth," where they said, you know, look. Um, we're going to use the threat of global warming 
be it real or imagined for our purposes as the funding mechanism for a carbon tax which will finance the world government. That's just laid right out there in the book. That's what they say. It, it's laid, It's actually laid out there in like one paragraph. <laughs> and, and you just read it and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> like, like the, the, you just... You just said you were going to invent it and use it. it. It's like the you read the paragraph, you're like, "That's it. That's 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 the plan." And so you know, and and now and you see these kids that have climate anxiety, and you're like, "Oh, if only you could just get a hold of them and say you don't have anything to worry about." But again, it goes back to the Bezmanov thing, demoralization. You just scare the shit out of them for long enough, and then you get them so that nothing ever enters again, and it just closes off and they live in a world where this the the sea level is going to rise 10 feet in the next uh, five years you know and it's just not the case i mean you, you see a separation in generations too as far as this whole economic the, the battle goes with with the whole like global warming thing because i recently had somebody on the show um his name is carl at tight and he was talking about how he recently talked to somebody who was a teacher and they did this presentation for the school. And one of the girls went outside, I guess she grabbed a couple of sticks. She stood on top of a table. She put them out and pretended like she was a tree and said that I'm mother earth. And everybody had to come up and apologize for something that they felt that they had done wrong. And he said that one of the kids came up and apologized for the fact that their dad drives a gas car and said that they're going to do anything that they can in the next couple of years to make it so that their father isn't any longer driving a gas car. So again, like they're scaring kids into being scared of this happening to the point where they're even now starting to turn on their parents. And you want to talk about the whole thing with like the battery cars. That's, that's a whole other can of worms to open up here as far as like they can just shut them off whenever they want. Um, you have all the places that are pushing it that don't yeah. even have good enough power grids to even have all of the cars charge at once. Like <laughs> California doesn't have a good enough power grid to make it through in August, <laughs> you know, and they want to add electric cars to the power grid. Are you out of your mind? Don't they have a goal point too, where they say that they want to have all gas cars gone by like 2030 something too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, they are run by morons. The whole, I, I lived there for, for 30 years, man. Loved California, but they just they just destroyed it with ridiculous policies. They're banning, they banned, um, you have to, if you buy a new truck in California, a new uh, 18-wheeler, like you're you're in the trucking business and you buy a new truck this year for California it has to be electric that's what california says <laughs> the problem is they don't exist it's ironically so like all these construction sites that have all the electronic vehicles that are hooked up to gas power generators in order to give them power. You, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't make it work. It, it doesn't work. So it's like their ideas are just so dumb. You, you look at it and you just go, there's no way this could be accident accidental. There's just no way you could be this dumb. This has to be intentional. It has to be an intentional breaking of the system with, rampant 
stupidity. You you want to go to all electric cars when when you know that it'll crash the power grid, and you have, but you want to pay reparations. What? <laughs> $878 billion in reparations is what you want to pay, but you don't want to fix the power grid, but you want everybody to use electric cars. Do you not see where the problem is? They got to push it like, in so that everybody pay will pay extra man. in taxes to pay to get a better upgraded power grid. And in turn with that, they're going to charge you extra for it. So that, that extra little cutoff that's spinning off the top, that's what they're going to use towards the reparations. So it, they're covering two birds with one stone. They made a fuck up by doing the reparations. So they got to come up with some other bullshit in order to collect more revenue so that they can make up for the reparations. Now <laughs> climate reparations, you watch <laughs> climate reparations. I'm going to have to pay because of my great grandfather's cow farts. But you're going to be paying to the kids because they want to make sure that the kids are going to have money so that they don't learn how to actually physically do anything so that when our generation's gone, all of the kids won't know how to do anything because they lived off of us paying reparations to them for the environment that they're going to have to live in in the future. They can be serfs living <laughs> on the plantation. That's, That's where the universal be. income comes from. It's us paying back into our kids' new generation. <laughs> and then once we're gone, they're fucked. Now they now they have to live completely off the state and do whatever the state says. Otherwise, I, they can't live. Get, I stop this planet. I want to get off. <laughs> I've had it. I've had it. I've had it with these people. These but hey, people, you stop they, the planet. We all go to Mars. But then Elon Musk is going to be there, and he's just going to be starting up the new generation over there. <laughs> I take my chances. I'm sick of this place. <laughs> God damn it! Need to hijack our own biodome and create our own society off to the side of Elon's society on Mars. That's where we're going. There we go. <laughs> Got to go a planet in, you see, because they, they know that Valiant Thor is still chilling on Venus, you know? So they know that everybody on Venus is knows what's actually going on. So they want us to avoid Venus. So they want us to go out to Mars. So all the people that know what's going on, we got to head to Venus with the aliens that were trying to warn us about everything fucked up that we were doing 50, 60 years ago. It's not too often that you get a chance to mention Valiant Thor twice in one day, like I did. I was just talking about him on OBDM. <laughs> it's really funny that you brought that up. Yeah, I purposely will bring up any chance I can to bring up Valiant Thor, but talk about synchronicity. There's a reason for that, man. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. We should have taken his offer of peace. <laughs> that would have made too much sense, Offering though. Free energy, peace, whatever, and now, but now we have to fight each other for over oil. <laughs> hey, but man, if there's no fighting, then there's no way for them to profit. So of course they got to push the guy off because if we're all getting along, then they're not going to be able to profit off of us. So they got to always have that fight, always have that split going. And as soon as one thing ends, it's just on to the next one. And as soon as they get down to the end of that chain, then they just bring up the first one again. Because you see the racism thing goes in waves where everybody's chill with each other. Nobody has a problem. And all of a sudden something is really racist. Then everybody's split again. And it's like, no, nobody had a fucking problem in the first place, man. Like even the last one where it's all like the police brutality thing. Like we can all equally agree that police brutality is not a positive thing. It doesn't matter the race. Like why, why does everybody hate white people now? <laughs> like I didn't do fucking shit. <laughs> Dude, I, can I just tell you that I was in college at USC, which is in South Central Los Angeles in 92 when the Rodney King riots kicked off. Ooh. That was some scary shit, man. That it went it went it went bad real fast. 
I can only imagine. Like, <laughs> my buddy was watching. It wasn't me doing it, but it was my my friend was watching TV, and he was laughing because he was he was saying to himself. I guess I don't have to return these uh, videos that I rented from the video store because I can see the video store on TV is on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well grab a couple more while I'm at it. Shit. (laughs) He's like, I guess, you know, he had checked them out like yesterday or something or the day before. And, 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 and he's watching his, he's watching like the, the sky cam, like helicopter footage. He's like, well, that's my video store, but it's burning to the ground. So yeah, like you can see where things go when they want to get you fighting with each other, the red ants and the black ants, and they shake that jar up and get us all fighting with each other about genders. I mean, what a, just what a, what a stupid thing to have to argue with people about. Dude, I remember the whole transgender bathroom thing. Like at this point, I remember how big of a fight that was, but I almost wish we could just go back to that because <laughs> at least that was an easy fight. You just <laughs> unisex the bathrooms, call it a fucking day. <laughs> yeah, Single bathrooms. This is going to, this is going to call for some guerrilla warfare where you have to like, think like, what would a, what would a demented trans activist do and start setting sort of like traps for them to walk into and embarrass themselves. Because whenever you give these people a chance, like all these undercover videos, you start finding out that people are like, like, Holy shit. Like you're really willing to spill the beans about how you feel about humanity. Like all these people working at Facebook, they're like, I just wish all these Republicans would die. You're like, Oh my God. You know, (laughs) like you're all this stuff. So it's just a, I'll tell you, man, it's it's just been such a a wild ride the last three years to watch how like I, f- I feel like a part of me like and maybe you feel the same way because we do podcasts I but I feel like there's part of me that's just like watching it and taking notes on like the insanity of it all you know and like I'm, it's it's a little bit more clinical and I and I feel bad that all this craziness is happening. But there's part of me that's watching. It's just like, wow, they're really going to sexualize kids at like young ages. Like, that's fucking crazy, you know? Like, you just got to write that on the list, and you just see the next thing. You go, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna make people stand on a dot. That's funny. I would have never thought of that, you know? You like write <laughs> that down. Like, they're gonna tell people they can't go one way down the aisle of the grocery store. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I have to say, it's it's hilarious. I would have never thought of that. So, like, there's I'm watching this whole thing, and it's just like, it just feels like a gigantic three year long acid trip, dude. It's it's such a ridiculous progression, though, because when I first started the show and everything and everything was first starting with COVID, I just remember somebody saying to me like, Oh, you have to have a pass to be out. And I was just like, you're, you're funny. Like what? Like no fucking way. And as everything started to progress, it was like the first handful of things you're like, no, like you, you don't believe it. Like it doesn't sound like anything that's logical or makes any fucking sense. And then here you are a year down the line and you're just like, wow, like how did we get to this point? And now here we are three years later. And again, because we're sitting here podcasting and talking about all this stuff on the regular. Now it's like nothing goes past me. Like nothing sounds too ridiculous anymore. It's all just like, 
Okay. Well, I guess, like you said, I'll just chalk that one down to the notes. Like even the newest thing that's going on with the, uh, the UFO sighting, the 10 foot beings being seen in Vegas, like, you know, the UFO guy in me is absolutely fascinated by it. Like, is this the new Roswell? Is this the new like big thing for our generation? But then after me following the past three years, I'm just like, Hmm. All right. Well, do I believe it? Because I'm pretty 50-50 on it that it's either bullshit or it's completely true. But it's like any other time I would have I would have been steered either way. But just because of everything going on, like I really don't know how to decipher it. Like I'm dead on the fence that I, I feel like it could go either way, man. What a ch- what a change over the last couple of years, you know, it just got us to this point where. I don't know. I mean, it, it, and, and now we're getting into a new era where we've got, uh, AI voice technology that can kind of mimic people. We've obviously got AI film technology that can mimic people. It's like, we're starting to get into a, a, a place or going into a direction where at some point it's going to be really tough to kind of know what's real and what isn't real. And like, how destabilizing is that going to be? When you when you see something and you, you and your first thought is, what if it's not true? What if this isn't real? I mean, even something is just as simple as a baseball game, you know. And you're like, what if this is just like a fake version of it? You know, I don't know. I just I, I'm afraid that we're going to get to a point where like nobody can be held accountable for their what they do or say because they'll just say it was AI, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm on a split with that whole thing, too, that it's like, one, you have this progression of we're going into idiocracy. So people aren't as intelligent as they used to be to begin with. So it's way easier to pull the wool over somebody's eyes. And then you have AI on top of that creating art, which makes it so that, you know, if you really know what you're looking for, you can tell that it's fake. But the average person, because of everybody kind of being less on the intelligence train, um, more easily manipulated by all that stuff. And then you see just being in the Sasquatch community. Also, I see all of these constant images of somebody going, look, I got a Sasquatch and it's clearly an AI image. If you look at the hands, you know, the hands are all fucked up. They don't make any sense. And right, it's like, everybody's right, right. pushing towards this whole like AI thing. Like, Oh, this is real. This is real. This is real. And it's like, if you really pay attention, you can tell what stuff's fake. Even the voice stuff, you can tell what's fake. The average person talking, you make stutters. Like you will start a word and then stop and then continue. If you pay attention, you can completely tell any of this AI stuff is completely fake. But what worries me is the fact that as people are getting less intelligent, that stuff's getting better. So then it's harder to differentiate. And on top of the fact, yep, (laughs) intelligence is going down. And you can't believe the AI is anything you see. You can have the best UFO, the best Sasquatch footage. You can have Sasquatch right in front of you, giving you the middle finger. And it could be 100% authentic, authentic footage. But because of all that stuff, average person can tell the difference. It's AI. It's created. It's fake. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're, we're getting into a post fact world mm-hmm. where now it's not even about the grasp for knowledge. It's about being able to sort through knowledge. And that's where the sign of intelligence comes from is not being able to obtain knowledge, but being able to sort through knowledge to know what's the bullshit. And it's an inexact science and you're going to get it wrong. And as long as you just continue on your path towards trying to figure it out that's the most important thing but like 
it's always important for us to remember that we're going up against professional disinformation agencies and intelligence agencies that are very good at making things seem real but be a little bit of a lie. So when we when we get tripped up on things, and we will and we have, um, you know, it's just these these people are really good. At, at running these operations. Not perfect though. And, and I know that you wanted to talk about sort of like words of wisdom and, and this sort of kind of like, I don't know, leads into that. Are we ready to do that? Yeah. Yeah. We can start, we can do words of wisdom. Yeah. The words of wisdom that I have is that as, as dark as this stuff feels and as, you know, immersive and as, everywhere as it is it all appears to be it's really important that we understand that these people make mistakes they're not perfect they're not gods they think they're gods but they're not they make a lot of really dumb mistakes and we saw it with covid when they started giving out ding dongs and and donuts and you know and Talladega laps we saw this and it felt like the junior varsity team was running this operation. You know? So I just want to make sure that people remember th- these lunatics can have a 10-point plan for what they want to do to us. But if they can't get past step two, it doesn't matter. you know. And, and we all sort of need to be proactive in being disruptive, like non-compliant with it. If they want you to do something, you just, you're just not going to do it. You're just not going to participate to the extent that you can be disruptive because these people are on a timeline and they have a plan for what they want to do and what they want to accomplish. And this timeline has 2030 all over it. Every goddamn country is talking about something, something 2030. It's the finish line for this. But if we are pain in the butt, we can create havoc for them and throw them off of their timeline. And, and you, you hear things about like central bank digital currencies coming and you go, Oh no, like that is going to be a catastrophe for us. And that is true. It would be a catastrophe, but look at what happened with Nigeria. Nigeria rolled out a central bank digital currency and one half of 1% of the people started using it. That's it. They could only get half of 1% and they tried really hard and it was a big deal and a huge embarrassment for them. So, you know, they tell us it's it's hopeless for us. They tell us we'll eat the bugs. They tell us we'll own nothing, but we'll see about that. Like I said, it's not all hopeless, man. Sometimes you just got to stand up and actually do something about it. And as far as the whole Budweiser and Target thing goes, that just shows that it does make a difference if you stand up at the times when it's the right time to stand up. A lot of the problem that I feel is that people will they'll stand up, but not at the correct times where it doesn't get the message across properly. It's all about time and placement stand up at the right times and then their game's going to be over that saying that's been said forever they're playing chess on all of our backs and it's all about if we all stand up they're not gonna be playing chess anymore <laughs> you just got to get honest about the 
about the situation. You got to get honest about who who's really in charge. If you think that these people are, are there to be your friends in government, they are not. It's part of a system to control you. Do you like to be controlled? It's okay if you do. A lot of people do. Just be honest. If you don't like to be controlled, then you're going to have a real hard time with what they have coming because it's all about control. It's all about digital 360 panopticon style control. That's what they want. If you're fine with that, if you're somebody that doesn't mind having being told what to do or being an institutionalized, you'll love it there. You'll eat the bugs and it'll be the best days ever. But for everyone else, you're you're gonna you're you're not gonna want this. So, you know, be aware of it. Doesn't mean you have to be have anxiety or freak out, but be aware of it. But be dis disruptive to the extent that you can. And just do not comply with unjust rules. Mm-hmm. And if you're just now starting to wake up, if there's anything that you find questionable, even the slightest little bit, if something seems off. Do your own research into it. Dig into it. Do it all for yourself. Don't trust what other people are telling you. That's one of the biggest advices that I could give on this show to almost yeah. anything, be it supernatural, paranormal, COVID, geopolitics, political, anything, literally anything. If anything seems off, figure it out for yourself because that's the only way that you're ever going to learn and actually go back, going back to what I said earlier, instead of just following the steps, that's the only way that you'll actually start to learn the process and actually be able to problem solve in certain scenarios without being completely thrown off if one of the factors is off from that scenario. Yeah, for sure. Learn how to to find information and don't take in don't listen to, you know, don't necessarily just put all your eggs in one basket with people. Like double check their work. Go out there. People that are doing good work should want you to do that. They should want you to to um, you know research for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the best way you'll 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 understand it. You'll make these sort of mental connections. That's that's why it's um, you know from writing books like from physically I've like physically write out episodes like notes for episodes and things like that. It just kind of commits it to my memory a little bit easier. And same thing like when you just re when you do the research yourself, it becomes real to you as opposed to just hearing what somebody else researched and found out. So there's a, when you participate in that process, it's sort of, I don't know, the the information sort of gets stuck in your brain in a different, different sort of way. Gives you a basis of understanding rather than just reciting information back. You actually have a basis of why you feel the way you do instead of just following what everybody tells you. I mean, obviously, you've mentioned your books, of course. Uh, you do your amazing show. But for anybody that may not be familiar with your books and your show, uh, why don't you let them know where they can find all of your books and where they can come and find your show? I got the Octopus book here. The Octopus of Global Control.com. This was the first book that came out in uh, 2017. I wrote a book with Jeff Berwick called The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. That's available. Uh, on Amazon, Hypoc Crazy, Surviving in a World of Cultural Double Standards that that came out in 2021. So everything is available in paperback on Amazon in digital format through my website, theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com, which correlates with the book. Follow me on Twitter at Macroaggression or uh, on Instagram now, 
at Macroaggressions Podcast, where Tony Merkel manages that. So send him your dick pics. <laughs> or your butthole. <laughs> Why not? Or your butthole. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Going to Tony, not me. Hit him with the old Thanks, brown man. eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you making the time to come on the show again for the third time. And I'm looking forward to hopefully you coming back on for the fourth time because you're one of those guys, man. I Absolutely. could have you on here for a hundred times and we'd still have something to talk about and something new to get all into. Right. I know. I know until we figure out, until we fix all these problems, I guess we're just going to have to keep figure, keep, keep talking about it. So yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> if you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with a friend. Also, don't forget to take an extra couple seconds to leave a rating or review for the show on iTunes or Spotify. Those are a couple ways to help the show to continue to grow. And the only way it's going to grow, of course, is with your guys' help. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, there's a couple different ways to do so. Number one is you guys can shoot me a message on Instagram, which is the social media that I'm the most active on. You guys can also email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com, or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to my email. Uh, just make sure that you guys check your spam or junk folders, make sure nothing gets missed in the process, because I do respond to every single email that I get. And everything that I mentioned, of course, all available under the link tree, which is L-A-N-K-T-R period E-E slash increase of our reality podcast. And with that, hope you guys enjoy the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.